Jesus Christ, King of Kings. Let's get all excited now. Get all excited and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. We'll get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. We're going to get all excited. Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Let's get all excited and tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Let's sing that one more time. Let's go get all excited. Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. Amen. Well, it's good to be here this afternoon. Wasn't that a glorious sermon this morning? Amen. Let's, let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Amen. It's so good to be here. And Brother Rapper really enjoyed that. And we're looking forward to what Brother Chris has tonight. Uh, Brother Rapp told me earlier he's going to come in behind him and tie up all of the loose ends. <laughs> I didn't think there were any, but I, I appreciate that. There were so many good things that I'm going to take from that message this morning. I'll tell you what, I was, um, didn't make it last night. We had a wedding and in this wedding, we actually did, they, they, had, a, they had Hebrew um, music, and they formed those circles and had that celebration. And uh, when he first started talking about the, um, the Hebrew word for, you know, the remembrance was, was a celebratory term. I didn't know where it was going. Then I saw that, and I remembered that's how they, they passed that tradition on to the children, the, the, the Hebrew feast that happened throughout the year. It's a time of celebration and a time of remembrance. And I just really appreciated that. It kind of brought it home to me. Brother Rapp is such a great teacher. And, um, and it, uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned some, some techniques from him that I'm going to take home and try on my kids. It's too late for, too late for the big girls, but uh, <laughs> let's run on the smaller ones. Let's do, um, in the key of G, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man, all things have passed away, I've been born again, more than a conqueror, that's what I am, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away, I've been born again, more than 
that's what I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. And hallelujah, He's redeemed me. Amen. Well, I've been born again to win and I'm so glad he's justified me of his spirit we have all received of him I'm a new creation I'm a brand new man all things have passed away I've been born again, more than a conqueror, that's what I am. I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. Amen. You can have your seats for a few minutes. Uh, Brother Jewel, I'm going to ask you to come forward in just a moment and pr- pray over these requests. And so we'll go quickly through these. We have a lot of song specials tonight right here in the church. I don't know if there's any others that that had any planned as as well. So um, I'd like to sort of get to get to that pretty quickly. And I just want to go over. I don't have, really have anything new since this morning, but I, I want to bring to your remembrance uh, Sister Ashley and Sarah. They're pretty sick tonight. I was talking to Brother Keith just before the service. And Sarah's kind of having a hard time. Uh, so, sister, if you're streaming, we're going to pray especially for you tonight. Brother Mitch, I mentioned he's flying home. He did land, and he's about to take a second flight. So we're just continuing to pray for traveling mercies for him. Um, uh, the Whitlocks, keep them in your prayers. Brother Troy and Sister Connie Hughes as well. Um, a reminder of Karen and David, David who are suffering uh, from COVID, so keep your keep them in your prayers as well. Sister Harwell, she's been in our prayers for quite a couple of weeks with this issue with her disc and her back. We really ask the Lord to touch touch her and relieve her from some of the pain and the discomfort that she's in right now. And then we're continuing to hold the drums up, and the Pascals got some news, some moving forward with their uh, brother Pascal is getting a vascular uh, consultation at Duke University. Uh, just pray that God will keep his hand in all of that. And, of course, Brother Richard Smith as well, um, uh, praying for him this morning. So, Brother, if you would come forward, if you don't mind, and I'm going to ask you to pray over these prayers as we just continue to hold this congregation up in prayer. Anybody have a special request by an uplifted hand you'd like to make known to the Lord? And I pray that uh, you'll get a touch tonight as well. Brother Jewel. By his. Our gracious Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, I trust, Lord, that you will move by your spirit tonight, Lord. Heal those that need healing, Lord. Oh, God, that need deliverance, oh, Father God, from all kind of power of Satan right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, in the name of the Lord, we ask your word to be made manifest, Lord, here today in this service, Lord. Father God, we thank you for grace for healing these people, Lord. We already know they already healed because we already 
let them claim your word over them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, let the power of the Holy Ghost let loose in here and set this place on fire with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, we thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Father. We ask your blessing in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I want to start our specials tonight with Brother Tim. Uh, Brother Sean Ashton, if you can, come on forward, and, and uh, he's going to play guitar and sing a song. And while he's doing that, let's put it in the key of C. I want to play, I want to pr- play a, uh, a song here. This is number 2075, He Touched Me. He touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul, something happened, and
fly so high, so high, so high. All my life I've tried to live like others, but I failed. Couldn't find myself was out of place. I was trying hard to quench the thirst that I had felt with the worldly and religious ways. But the Lord came tenderly. Call me to my destiny and revealed His attribute in me. Oh, I became identified with the bird that's of my kind. I could hear Him calling from above, because You're. were born to soar up in the sky, but trusting in the word to rise and fly in liberty, the things beyond this earth you'll view, greater works than this you'll do, the doubts you will defy. Fly so high, so high, so high. Fly so high, so high, so high. All the earthly trials I am facing on my way help me know my Savior better day by day. Jesus calls me high, and I hold His promise tight. I am joining Him in this celestial fight, because I'm an eagle. I was born to soar up in the sky, but trusting in the Word. Rise and fly in liberty. Things beyond this earth I'll view. Oh, greater works than this I'll do. I'm coming to the place where my feet are firm. I'll My Amen. That was beautiful. As the eagle longs for the heavens. Amen. He longs for the heavens because he has an ability to reach the heavens. And uh, it doesn't say as the chicken longs for the heavens. That would be sort of sad. (laughs) Brother Keith, 
I was I was trying to signal you not to get up quite yet. I, I believe you've got a special this this uh, afternoon as well. So come on over and let's uh, let's do that. I just this morning, uh, Brother John sung a song this morning that took me back. I've been thinking all week. Just yesterday was the eleventh um, year anniversary of my dad passing over. Exactly yesterday on a Saturday, and. Uh, I know that two days before he passed away, my mom heard him singing and went into his room where he was at, and he was singing that song, As the Deer Panteth. And when we sung that this morning, I just, uh, it just took me back, and I, I want to make sure that I see him again. You know, we're going through all these battles and trials down here, and sometimes you just feel like giving up. But I'm telling you, Brother Isaiah... Not going to give up. I've done and come too far. There's nothing can pull me away from this right now. No matter how hard the trial is, and I encourage you, no matter what it is, don't ever, ever give up. Amen. I know you know this. Help me sing it. Whoa, I'm not giving up. Amen. No, I'm not turning around. By the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown. Someday, oh, I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. No, I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep going on. How many's been here? Oh, I've been walking through a valley. Through this veil of tears Times I've even questioned Even if my Lord was near And many times that old tempter He says, why not turn around? You can't get any farther Oh, you're just losing ground Oh, but I'm not giving up Hallelujah No, I'm not turning round By the grace of God I'll wear that shining crown Someday, oh, I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand No, I'm not giving up. No, I'll keep going on. Oh, now would you mind to tell me there's been something bothering me. Why is it that old devil, he just won't let God's children be? You see, he has purpose and determined. Oh, to get right in our way And try to turn us away from this way of life Oh, and lead our souls But I got a message for it I'm not giving up Hallelujah No, I'm not turning round By the grace of God I'll wear the shining crown Someday, oh, I'll keep holding on To that nail-scarred hand No, I'm not giving up 
you're not giving up, sing it with me now. Oh, I'm not giving up. Hallelujah. No, I'm not turning around. Oh, by the grace of God, I'll wear a shining crown. Someday, well, I'll keep holding on to that nail-scarred hand. I'm not giving up, no, I'll keep going on, hallelujah, amen, amen, thank you, Brother Keith, uh, let's remain standing for just a moment as the, um, as the deacons come forward to take the evening offering, and um, while they do that, if I could get the Cockman cousins to come around and... Um, stay where you are, musicians, but during this next song, let's go ahead and do an instrument swap if there needs to be any done, and it'll, this will be kind of fun. And then uh, I'll go ahead and get those microphones set up as well as we, as we do Come and Dine in the key of G. Brother, uh, Brother Pritchard. Well, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. With his manna, he does feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet this up with Jesus all the time. Well, come and dine, the master called him, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. The multitude and turn the water into wine. To the hungry, call of now, come and dine. The disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the master called to them, come and dine. There they found their heart's desire, bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hungry every time. Well, come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He fed the multitude and turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth down. Come and dine Now soon the Lamb will take His bride To be ever at His side All the hosts of heaven will assemble thee Well, to be a glorious sight All the saints in spotless white And with Jesus they will feast eternally Come and dine The Master calleth Come and dine You may feast at Jesus' table all the time He who fed the multitude And turned the water into wine To the hungry call of now Come and die Amen You can take your seats Check, check, check I was hopeless 
service now. We're looking forward to Brother Chris coming and, and uh, opening up the word for us this morning. Uh, we'd like for Sister Lily to, um, uh, she's going to slow things down a little bit for us and uh, let's just worship along with her uh, for this is our last special of the, of the evening. I've been there of times I've had questions in my mind I've been scared but I know 
have a savior who knows right where I am and hears my prayer in the midst of all the problems and burdens of this life I will call upon the one who can get me through the night
Amen. Let's stand as we get ready to go to uh, the sermon this evening. Let's sing God Still Moves. God Still Moves. God Still Moves. In the hearts of His people, God Still Moves. He does not. Nor does he slumber, God still moves, God still moves, God still moves, God still moves, in the hearts of his people, God still He does not. God still moves. God still moves. One more time. God still moves. God still moves. In the hearts of His people. God still moves, does not sleep, nor does he slumber. God still moves, God still moves. Praise the Lord. We're not going to prolong the service, but I want to give you a prayer request. And uh, this involves, um, you remember a year, about a year and a half ago, uh, we heard about the passing of Brother Willie Retief uh, in South Africa, Pretoria, South Africa. And uh, Brother Willie was uh, in Brother Ram's meetings. He's the one I told you about, Was came in as a sinner in the back of the meeting. And he said when they began to sing Only Believe, he didn't know anything about God, didn't know anything about prophets. And when Brother Branham came out and they sang Only Believe, he said it was like, standing on the bottom of an escalator, slow-moving escalator. And he said, I just felt like I was being lifted up, lifted up, lifted up like that. And uh, he said he just stayed on that level and gave his heart to the Lord that weekend. And served God many, many years, a uh, very solid minister in the, uh, in the faith in South Africa and around the world. And uh, his son Gideon uh, took over the church, pastored there, and... Uh, Myself and Gideon and Brother Willie Retief uh, ministered in Ukraine a few years ago. And uh, it was one of the last conventions they held there. And uh, today we heard word that uh, Brother Gideon, uh, after uh, the morning service and on his way back to the evening service in South Africa today, he uh, suffered a massive heart attack, uh, died in his car, and then had a car wreck with his wife in the car. Uh, there. We don't know the condition of his wife, but he passed away, uh, went on to glory, and uh, happened very quickly. Very, very great shock uh, to people. A lot of people over here knew Brother Gideon uh, very well. And uh, Lord willing, uh, my wife and I are supposed to leave on Thursday, this coming Thursday, to go to uh, Living Word Assembly with Brother Christian Moritz. And 
Brother Christian is the nephew of Brother Gideon and grandson of Brother Willie Retief. And so it kind of makes things a little bit difficult here this week. And so if you don't mind just remembering the family over there for sure uh, and what they must be going through because they just lost Brother Willie and now so suddenly to lose Brother Gideon, uh, that's a big blow to the, uh, not only to the uh, family, but to the church there and the ministry in South Africa, that's, that's a real blow. So uh, we'd ask you just to remember that need and just trust that the Lord will uh, undertake for them and uh, give, them the, give them that grace that carries them through times like that, which are, which are difficult. We're going to have Brother Chris come uh, this evening, and uh, Brother Chris uh, has been here before, and so we're excited to have him back. And uh, ministering, and last October, I think it was in Florida. When when were we in Florida? March last year. Okay, um, we were talking about this service last March, and uh, we were talking about you know the 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 Babylon boiling frogs thing back then, and we were talking about the influence of the culture on on young people today and families and how it affects everybody. And I asked Brother uh, Chris to pray about that and to, and to consider coming and taking a service and speaking to our church about this subject. Uh, he's uh, got a tech background and uh, very knowledgeable in that area. And uh, so we're delighted to have him come this weekend and speak to us. And so you just pull in uh, and enjoy the gift and pull on the gift uh, if you're slipping into a food coma uh, because you ate too much today, just kind of slip out and get a little drink, come on back in again and uh, refresh yourselves. But uh, uh, I know God has something to continue to say to us over this weekend. It's been a special weekend. I've been honored to be here with you. So uh, let's sing that one more time. And uh, God still moves. And uh, we'll just have a word of prayer as we turn it over to Brother Chris tonight. Heavenly Father, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, there's just so many things that have taken place, even like in the Lord, Lord, in the last 24 hours or so. Just, it's just amazing how quickly things can change. So quickly, life is all of a sudden different. And we believe, Lord, that one day we shall be taken, we shall be lifted off this earth. And I don't believe, Lord, it'll be a long, drawn-out process. I believe it'll be in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So it pays for us to be ready, as we've often often said. And now tonight, Lord, we're gathered around your table. We're asking, Lord, that you would just move Brother Chris out of the way. And Lord, just speak to us. Because these topics are relevant for us as families and parents and trying to raise our families in the fear of the Lord. And I just pray now that you would minister through our brother tonight. Lord, we thank your brother Gideon's family, his wife. And Lord, I just ask that you would draw near to them now and give them that comfort and consolation that only the Prince of Peace can. You said, Lord, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I pray that you would minister to their need tonight, Lord. Bless that assembly. And uh, I ask, O oh God, that you would just pour yourself out upon them. And Lord, may they just, uh, just rest in your control of things, Lord. And we just put our hope and our trust in you. Have your way now, we pray, in the balance of this service. In Jesus' lovely name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's sing it tonight as Brother Chris comes. God still moves. God still moves. 
tonight because in the face of all of this information in the face of all of these things that we deal with we cannot never forget that it might seem impossible but that God still moves we want to take your seats for just a minute tonight you know if you stand up and you sit down and you stand up it gets the blood flowing a little bit better so you sit down for just a second and uh, get the brothers to pull up the slides here tonight Brother Jewel, I stole this from him years ago. There's two things you can't do with a coat on. That's preach and fight. And tonight we're doing both. (laughs) Amen. So I'll bring you greetings uh, from Nampa, Idaho. That's kind of where it is, that cross there. And from Grace Tabernacle, Brother Paul Halen, my pastor and my uncle. Tricky situation there, but... um, no, it's good to be back with, with each, each of you So tonight. And uh, as Brother Barry said, I am a software engineer. Um, they say that gives you credit, but uh, I've yet to prove it to myself. Um, and just for fun, that is, uh, that is a software engineer in, in uh, zero and ones. Oh, so. That's binary code for the word software engineer. So tonight... Um, it's, it's, it's always good to be in the house of God. And, you know, you can't ever forget that God is trying to tell you something. He ordained us to stand up here through the foolishness of preaching, the scripture says, and He wants to say something to you. So, go ahead and stand back up, and we'll open our Bibles. You know, in Idaho, we have a, a, a rating for a preacher bottle BPH, bottles per hour. Um, I'm a bottle per hour person, so it looks like I have two hours here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's left over from this morning. Thanks for the wrap. You saved me an hour. Okay. Amen. Genesis chapters 10. I really enjoyed Brother Rap's services, the last two. Um, I was challenged as a parent, and I appreciate that. I also have been I'm a high-energy person. Some of you might know um, I have to work out six days a week because otherwise I go crazy. I don't do that for the <laughs> just because. My wife's like, did you work out today? I said, no, I haven't. She says, get in the garage. <laughs> so the last two services, I was like an energizer bunny just getting wound up and wound up and wound up. So you pray that God channels that energy in the right direction tonight. Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. Appreciate the opportunity from Brother Barry as well. Amen. Genesis chapter 10, verse 6. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizram, and Phut, and Canaan, 
and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sabta, and Ramah, and Sabtaka, and the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan, and Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be mighty, be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now this was not um, before the Lord in the way of, of him serving the Lord, but they had lifted him up instead of the Lord. So before is interpreted to instead of the Lord. The, the way the world was in those days, there was predators and wild animals running around everywhere. So if you had a mighty hunter that could kill those predators and protect you, well, he became great in their eyes, so they lifted him up. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erach, and Achaean, and Kalna, and the land of Shinar. So Babel. There, uh, Genesis chapter 11, the next chapter, we'll go to verse 1. And the whole earth was one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Imagine. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, you know, we heard this morning when the devil throws a fiery dart or a fiery sock at you, you answer back with a scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, here's where I want you to really pay attention. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual, spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's just pray real fast. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask for you to take control tonight. Father, nervous maybe, sleepy, whatever it would be. Lord, we, I believe in my heart you ordained this night before any of us were ever born, Lord. You knew, Father, because you always give the spiritual food in due season. So come tonight, we ask, may you bless the reading of that, your word. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this evening. So, I want you to remember, I am not here to teach you a conspiracy. That is why I said this, the uh, principalities against the powers, the spirit behind 
these people, the spirit behind what we deal with, it's not a conspiracy. Scripture in Job 12.22 says, He discovereth deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. I had to dig in and search so I wanted to find what is, the, what is my thesis, what is my anchor in the Scripture for this sermon tonight. And this is it right here. God discovers these deep things in the darkness of the world and He brings them to light. He brings them so that we have an understanding. And that where this quote comes in here says, Overcome means to recognize the devil in every one of his tricks. There's a real devil. He's just as real as you are or anybody. You must recognize him real. Then to overcome, you must recognize that God in you is greater and mightier than he is. That the one that's in you has already overcome him. There's real overcoming when you recognize So to recognize the devil and every one of his tricks, that's where you find overcoming. So we can take and we can look at what we're going to look at this afternoon to expose the devil. And that is where we can find overcoming power. So we looked at the scripture here and we bring up up Babel. Babel was a tower that Nimrod set forth to build. And I had to remind myself over and over again in my notes and everywhere, you're not giving a lecture on Roman mythology because I had to step into this for a little bit and, and kind of bridge the gap. So um, little does Brother Barry Noble, when he, when he texted me back in early December, whenever it was about coming out here, and um, I had just been reading for the, rap, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, not just passively, but studying it. And uh, I began to look, and, and this, I was just amazed to, to see that God has that perfect timing. And, and so in my, in my study and in my focus, you know, Babel and the Tower of Babel, I, I failed to remember the connection between Babylon and Babel. And then as I was studying along, I, I was reminded, this is where Babylon started. So I said, well, how fitting for, for, for the boiling frogs in Babylon. So I picked my title tonight, The Shadow of Babel. The Shadow of Babel. So, um, Isaiah 45, verse 16 says, They shall be ashamed and also confounded, all of them. They shall go to confusion together that are makers of idols. Babel was the spirit of confusion. The spirit of idolatry is a spirit of confusion. And so, Nimrod is the builder of Babel and, and Babylon. And we're going to use a couple of quotes here to kind of bring in this history. But the man in the handwriting on the wall. He says, Babylon begins in Genesis, first called the Gates of Paradise. It was built by Nimrod. Try to just have the bolded letters there to move through. I have a hundred slides. I'm a little bit faster with the slides than Brother Rapp. Don't worry. <laughs> Tried to unite the whole nation together under one dominion. And Brother Barry's sitting right here with his eye on me, so... Tried to unite the whole nation together under one dominion. That was under his, okay? Key, key words there. Key words. Unity, bring the whole world together, united nations. I mean, you can just go all kinds of directions there in conspiracies, but we won't do that tonight. I'm not a conspirator, by my definition. Um, <clears throat> under one dominion, that was under his dominion. That's the whole point, right? Built a great city and a tower, Tower of Babel. It must, be a back, it must be in a backslidden condition to be turned from paradise to confusion. Social media, the internet, all of these things are a tool until they're not. 
The trick is to know when. To know when it goes from being something you have control of to something that has control of you. And if you know the tricks of the devil, you will recognize when that thing starts to take control of you. It was built in the plains of Shinar, and in this they had all kinds of peculiar doctrines. People love peculiar things. I mean, just, just go read. How, do, how, does, how does New York Times and the Washington Post and Fox, how do they put out six articles a day? What do they find to write? Peculiar things. They just, they just dig it up. They, it's got to be a flashy headline. It, it starts with the headline. Did you know that? They meet and they throw out headlines. That's where it starts. That's where a story starts. Sometimes and and so people are, are just excited when there's something new. Right? That's why you you well you scroll through your news feed. You're looking for something new and something fresh. And people have itching ears. The Bible says. It says, but they had all kinds of little isms and things all in Babylon. That's why it was called confusion. Confusion. God is the author of order. God is a god of order. The devil is an author of confusion. Now, he, but I was referring to Abraham, was just a Chaldean down there in the city of Ur, come down in the valleys of Shinar from the Tower of Babel, from idol worship. Nimrod set up the Tower of Babel, which was idol worship, the first idol worship on the earth. Watch that Babel Tower come right on down, Babel, and right on down through there and end up over here in Revelation, a Christian religious idolatry pretending to be Christianity. So now if you, if you need to understand the gap, the, the, the bridge between Roman, myth, this early mythology and the religion of Babylon and all these things, I'm sure your pastor would be more than happy to delve into that for you. We do not have the time tonight. So take my word for it and the quotes for it. Now Shem, Shem was the son of Noah, and we'll move here and lay a foundation and we'll kind of get into things tonight. So Shem was a son of Noah. If you go, and, and it's interesting enough, the Bible stops recording how old people were with, with, with Jacob. Once Jacob and Esau are born, they tell Isaac, it ends there. And, um, but it gives you enough time to, to read about the life of Shem. Now Shem was actually alive when Jacob and Esau were born. When, uh, Shem didn't pass away until Jacob was 80 years old. So Shem lived to see a lot of things going on. And Shem, his lineage is tied to that of, of the, the Christian, the, the Hebrew children, the, the children of Israel, right? That's where that line came through. God called Abraham because Abraham was the son of the son of the son of the son of, the, of Shem. But Shem lived his life in the shadow of Babel. Shem was around when Nimrod had this brilliant idea, we're going to start a religion. We're going to start this, this confusion, and from there they went forth and they started Babylon. But all this time you had Shem and his people dealing with these spirits. You see, nothing new under the sun. The spirits just have a different outfit on. So now look real briefly on the origins. The origins of the spirit of confusion. You have a little bit of Roman mythology here. This is Jupiter, a Roman god. And, and uh, you know, they, they just love to half-dress all their gods, so... Um, this is the best the best picture I could get to, to keep with the rating of this service. But if you go and you look at the, all of the... Uh, so this is, uh, this is Roman mythology built and designed this statue, this, the way it looks. If you go to places like the Sistine Chapel, which I haven't had the privilege of doing, um, and you look at the paintings of, of Catholicism, they're anointed by the same thing. You say, now you're really getting off into left field there, Brother Chris. Well... Um, wrong button. 
So Michelangelo, who also painted the Sistine Chapel, um, painted the picture uh, creation of Adam. And I don't worry, I have censored this photo. Um, so the creation of Adam. If you look at the, there's there's similarities between the the, the style of, of the paintings, and these were years years apart, but. Roman mythology moved forward in, underneath the umbrella or the, the view, the facade, behind the facade of Catholicism. Same, so I'm not showing you this to say, look at this conspiracy. It's the Spirit anointing them. It's the Spirit anointing this kind of, this kind of artwork, this kind of, of creation, this expression, if you will. So this is God on the right-hand side, and this is Jupiter, very similar in their looks. And we know, I think most of us know our, our, the word well enough and the message well enough to understand that connection. But the man says in the Pergamon church age, he said, see, spirits don't die. People do, but not spirits. Those persecutors, they made fun of them back there in that day. Uh, Brother Rapp, he, he made a mention of how the um, persecution of the back in the day was, you know, the, the spikes through the fingernails and all that kind of thing. And I thought of this quote when he was talking about that where Brother Rapp says, those persecutors, they made fun of them back there in that day. Or they killed them, or they uh, abused them, and, and um, they still live here today. God takes his man, but not his spirit, off the earth. The devil takes his man, but never the spirit, out of the earth. Them fellows was religious, as all religious could be. They had their own idea, and they wouldn't listen to nothing else. Now, we can take note from that, young people. You know it all. I know. I know. I, uh, I work, I am uh, in the youth ministry back home. I could learn a lot from you. <clears throat> they had their own idea, and they wouldn't listen to nothing else. We didn't get our own ideas in our heads. I remember being young, and I had to figure it out. And it didn't happen the way I had to figure it out. <laughs> but which, if, you can, if you can put aside what you want to, parents, same thing. You know, my, my, our pastor loves to use this line. You've been in the message for 40 years, but how long has the message been in you? We have, to, we have to approach God with open hearts. The world has taken that open-minded thing, and they've just ran wild with it, and it's, it's really weird. But the devil can't create anything. He doesn't have that power. Everything he has is a perversion of something true. So if they have open minds and they have open hearts, they've only perverted what God is asking you to do. Approach the scriptures. Approach the church service tonight with an open heart. Say, Lord, I'm missing something. We're always missing something. We're always missing something. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. There's another component, another step in our life we need to take. And tonight, God is asking you to take that step up a little bit higher. So God takes his man, but not his spirit off the earth. The devil takes his man, but never the spirit out of the earth. So we're dealing with spirits. Now, we're all online, and we're all speaking the same language again. You can go, as, as I said, I'm a software engineer, and, and I purposely let, left who I work for out of the picture. Um, we live in a weird world. But we're, uh, we're, we're all speaking the same language. You can go to websites, and you can change the language. If it's in Japanese, you can change it to English, and Google will interpret it for you. Um, doesn't always work out super great. Um, I used the Google interpreter for a while when I was the only, the only non-Hispanic speaking person on, the, on a landscaping crew. Didn't always work out well, but Google's kind of figured it out, and, and now they have AI, and, and, and some of you have probably heard of chat, GP, GPT, right? Hey, guess what? We don't have to study anymore. We just ask chat, G, is it GPT? I can't remember right now. 
Okay, we just asked ChatGPT, hey, what should I preach on Sunday? Uh, this is my subject. And it'll print you an entire sermon. My friend, my buddy did it. He sent it to me. It was a good sermon. <laughs> so I said, hey. <laughs> it's, answering, it's answering questions. You can ask it programming questions. You can put in equations and different sequences in there. You can say, hey, how should I handle this? And it'll give good, solid things that we can take and we can copy-paste. That's all programmers are. We're just really good at copy-pasting. Um, and and, and it'll, it'll help us. right? So now we have a source, a source that has truth. But what, what happens when, when somebody who doesn't understand what's going on asks ChatGPT chat who William Marion Branham is? We did. And it's weird. <laughs> so know where, you're, know where you're getting your information. Okay. So we're all online. Some of you might know this term, MMOs. Massively, the, the, the breakdown is massively multiplayer online video games. Video games is just implied when you say MMOs. Otherwise, that's MMOG. Um... The, one of the most popular ones right now is called League of Legends. And um, lots of young people, lots of mid-age adults are into this game. Now, I'm only bringing this game in here. It's pretty straightforward. If you play this game, you just take this up with God. but <laughs> Or the pastor. <laughs> but the, it's very obvious this is not a healthy game. I, I actually had to uh, be very careful how I got information because if you go to their webpage, it's pornography. It's game characters, but they're half-dressed, barely dressed. Okay, so they have what called their champions. Remember, not a conspiracy, a spirit. And we're identifying the spirit behind this stuff. So they have the characters in the game, are, they're, called, they're, champ, they're called champions. Uh, this is one of the champions, the charmer, Rakan. Uh, this is Jupiter next to Rakan. Jupiter was Rome's champion. Today we have the modern champion. You see the similarities between the characters? It's the same spirit. It's a very simple way to make a, to make a point. But I believe it makes the point. Very similar in their breakdown. Even the names are kind of similar. You get Jupiter and, I don't know, Aatrox. Juno, Hera, these are the Greek and Roman gods on the other side of the names. All of these, na- all of these games, they have this very similar kind of mythological feel to them. All that spirit has done is change its mask. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can say, well, Brother Chris, when I play the games, you know, unless I'm changing the skin of my character, I don't really see it. But you're in that atmosphere. You're, you are feeding on that. So the Inwalker, Final Fantasy, it's all, any, don't look any of these up. They should, be, they should ask you if you're 21 or older, and I'm not even joking. It's all about demons and, 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 and war, uh, you know, demons and, and uh, women and warlocks and, and witches. And, and, and majority of the characters, even though these are pl- massively played by, by men, um, are, are, are women, females. And they're, they are curvy. They are dressed without anything. Now, they're, they're drawn characters. It doesn't matter. They provoke the same kind of reaction in a 
red-blooded man. World of Warcraft, you have Guild Wars. These are the, these are the top MMOs in, in the online world. And remember, the devil takes his man, but never the spirit out of the earth. So now you can say these things and make this kind of this simple point. You are what you eat. I don't know who said it. <laughs> now, most of you know Sister April Grant. She, she's now part of the Grace Tabernacle Assembly there in Idaho. And, and uh, we had her over for, for lunch a couple weeks ago. It was her birthday. And, and uh, so I picked her brain. I said, I got some science papers, and I want to make sure where I'm getting my stuff is, is, is uh, credible. I don't want to just get what studies show. Um, and uh, so we kind of talked about this and, and uh, verified my information. And, and um, in, in this whole study, I didn't want to bring you... I didn't want to bring you opinions. I didn't want to bring you the latest from, you know, Infowars.com. I didn't want to bring all of this conspiracy kind of thing. I wanted to bring to you real stuff that's happening today. I have some articles from papers and stuff in here. I have some articles from science studies. Now, you take, you you glean what what you can from these science studies, but they all point to the same thing. They all point to the same thing. So this paper here, the Science Direct, is a database of peer-reviewed science papers. Um, and in this paper here, they're talking about um, what they do is they get a bunch of different papers, and then they release a volume. So this is volume 110, released December 2016, and it had to do with brain and cognition. And they have all these papers that they compile in there. So this paper here had to do with food and, and the effect that the effect that seeing an image of food has on your brain. And um, they're a little bit concerned because, you know, they say, well, when we were cavemen and we were walking around, you know, because they believe in evolution and all that, all that stuff, but the science is still the same thing and how your brain works. And they say that um, while the sense of taste and smell and texture provide ultimate arbiters of food's palatability, so this is good food to eat, while your taste and all those things do benefit that, they say it is the sense of vision that provides a far more effective means of foraging, predicting which foods are likely going to be safe and nutritious to consume, and generating those expectations that will constrain the consumption experience. Contemporary neuroscience demonstrates just what a powerful cue the sight of appealing food can be for the brain, especially the brain of a hungry person. So if you're hungry and you're scrolling through social media, you're seeing a lot of this good food, it has an effect on you. So, you are what you see. If you're scrolling through pictures of salad, the chances of you going and consuming a low-calorie, high-healthy food um, are higher. Now, if you're scrolling through a bunch of Big Macs, what are you going to go get for lunch? You're going to go get a Big Mac. See, the thing is, healthy foods and high-carb, high-protein foods have a different effect on your brain visually. Your, your brain is designed to look for high-carb, high-protein foods. And now what they're, what, part of what they're studying is that if you constantly are bombarded by this food that satiates the vision's appetite, neurologically, you will just eat whatever because you've already satisfied your brain. The same thing happens when you look at pornography or you will look at other things online. It satisfies a part of you and actually inhibits your ability to do things properly in your life. So we want to step into 
to uh, algorithms. Every, well, algorithms are the big deal, right? Especially with the last election. Hey, Trump says algorithms have ruined my, my chances at success. Well, an algorithm in, in the simplest form, and we have smarter people here than myself, Lucas, data, senior consulting. Yeah. See, I can't even say it without stuttering. Algorithms are, the simple explanation is that they are calculations made by a computer or, or software, okay? Um, this is an algorithm. This tells me this is a function in JavaScript, which is an, a programming language. Um, and it tells me if I put, if I give it a number, it'll tell me if it's a prime number or not. It's that simple. It's an, uh, that is an algorithm at its finest and basic, most basic form. So what happens is, is, is you get, you, data is transmitted to algorithms online. Hold on to your seats. Stand up. <laughs> okay. Algorithms take in data and make comp- computations based on that data and then give you a result. And they do something with that result. Okay, you get it down. They say, well, it's just a conspiracy. Some people. <laughs> There's just so much you have to leave unsaid. Um, otherwise, you just don't run out, you run out of time. From the United Nations, they had a blog. All of this information I have, I have sources for it. It's usually in the bottom of the, the slide in a the, in the URL, URL format. So if you want it, you know, I, can, I can get it together. But um, the United Nations, on their, on, their, on their blog of global issues, the big data for sustainable development... They have a few things to say that I want to just touch on real quick. And remember, not a conspiracy. This is the spirits. And I want to show you it. what they're willing to talk about means they're doing more outside of that. If they're willing to tell you about it, they're doing even more than that behind the scenes. And so, so big data um, in the private sector, the analysis of big data is commonplace with consumer profiling, personalized services, and predictive analysis being used for marketing, advertising, and management. Um, we've used that. I've used that. You can, it, Facebook, it's super handy. You want to you target a certain demographic, you say, hey, I want, I want, I want uh, males between the age of 25 and, and 35. Uh, they need to like dogs, and they need to like um, guns. Um, Trump is optional, and um, they need to be into um, um, hiking boots. And then you put your advertisement, you've got to pay Facebook for this, but you put your advertisement in, and your advertisement shows up on the news feed of men matching that profile. This is just what people do. You want to see what, mar- what the, po- the power of marketing they have? Just Google any marketing website. You know, that, that's, people think that's an easy way to make good money, so they're everywhere. Um, find them on YouTube, giving you marketing advice with a Lamborghini behind them. Um, and you'll find this information. It's just what the internet does. So it's, it's, just, it's just out there. So they say, well, similar techniques could be adopted to gain real-time insights into people's well-being and to target eight intervention, interventions to vulnerable groups. Now, whenever you read uh, big political papers or things from people like this, you have to pay attention to what they say. When they say vulnerable groups, they don't mean people who you know, you know, are hurt and, 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 and 
you know, they, they, this situation. You know, a vulnerable, vulnerable group is a, a, a 35-year-old um, female who is, who is black, identifies as a man. She's a vulnerable group. So when they say, hey, re, we, we need to pay attention to vulnerable groups, they're pushing out us, everyone else that seems to have things together, and they're doing just fine because, you know, they're just, um, they're, they, just, they just were born into, into money and all of these things. So <clears throat> vulnerable groups is not the definition we would apply to that, if it was what I'm trying to say. Um, the same article says, um, in a way, so... They say, hey, look, let's take this data, and if we can re- apply it responsibly, right, um, we can en- enable a more agile, efficient, and evidence-based decision-making. We-, we can help you with your life. Yes, I need it. I, I need that help. I need people to watch me and-, 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 and tell me where to step next and where to turn left and, and what to eat and what my Zodiac says I should drink that morning from Starbucks. I, I need help. I-, I just can't make simple life decisions on my own. So that's the direction we're going, by the way, uh, with what we'll see tonight. So he says, in a way that is both inclusive and fair. That big, that's a big word, inclusive. That's a big word. Big data says, hey, uh, privacy, ethics, and respect for data sovereignty require us to assess the rights of individuals. So they're, 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 they're paying attention to that. We have rights to our own privacy and our data. But they say, but, but above the individuals, we need to remember the, the benefits of the collective. So to quiet a preacher because he's preaching against a certain thing benefits the collective even though it's a violation of that individual's rights. Because it benefits the collective. Remember, not conspiracy. <laughs> I feel you guys slipping into that. Um, <clears throat> So the digital footprints. People leave digital footprints behind everywhere you go. You go to a website, cookies track you and, and see what you're doing. And, and you click a like button on Facebook and then Facebook takes that information because it's their like button and they can do what they want with it. And it tracks you back to Facebook and then it tells you, hey, you need to buy these uh, Morel hiking shoes. And it's even in your size because they know that. So, or is inferred via algorithm. So this is already what's happening. They're using algorithms to track you and this is the point that we're trying to make. The definition of big data, I pulled from Google. This is still, as our brother Lucas knows, this is still kind of up for interpretation what big data exactly is. But Google kind of, kind of coined the term, kind of was, the, was um, one of the big proponents of this and the, one of the ones accused most of things. Um, the definition that they give it is extremely large data sets that may be analyzed computationally to reveal patterns, trends, and associations, especially relating to human behavior and interactions. We're getting to the good stuff. I know we're doing a lot of reading. So, <clears throat> real quick, this is the, the, the PDF that, that they had up there on the UN, the blog we were just reading, a couple of things from it. You know, they desire with this big data and these algorithms to, you know, spending patterns on mobile phone services can, can provide proxy indicators of income levels. Good health and well-being. We can, if we map the movement of mobile phone users, we can help spread the, help predict the spread of infectious diseases. We can help with gender equality. Analysis of financial transactions can reveal that spending patterns and different impacts of economic shocks on men and women, and so on and so forth. You can get the paper if you want. But basically, the point that we're making is that this is kind of what they're already doing. 
see. <laughs> so, the simplest form is there already algorithms and cookies and all these things are already being used against you. The devil takes his man, never the spirit, out of the earth. This is the devil anointing them. They didn't know when, when Mark Zuckerberg released Facebook in 2014, he didn't know what he was doing. He just had a great idea. Now, does he know the science behind these things now? Yes, because me and you know them. Does he use them? Probably. But when this stuff came to us, this stuff came to our phones, and this stuff came to our families, it was anointed of the devil with a direction. Remember, it's a tool until it's not. Okay? That doesn't mean your phone is the devil incarnate. It just means that the devil has... Slipped in, right? Brother Brown preaches against the televisions and all that stuff. Well, what would he be doing today? I believe he would be teaching in this way. <clears throat> Social media, we're all speaking the same language again. Now here, the barrier is where we're getting to our topic. just wanted to lay a foundation so you know the algorithms and all that stuff is not a wild conspiracy. It's what it does. And, and we'll get into this a little bit later where there's science behind that. So you're, you, when you're dealing with social media and you're dealing with your phone, you're fighting against your very neurological makeup. You're dealing with a pattern in, in, in what's being shown to you that actually is, 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 is contacting how God even made you. And you're having to fight against that. It's like a diabetic trying to not eat sugar. They crave it so hard when the early stages of, of the, you know, when people realize it, they have to, they, sometimes they need help to keep that stuff from them because they physically can't do it. You physically cannot overcome this. You physically cannot overcome your phone. You physically cannot overcome online presence in your family. You need Holy Spirit intervention. And that is my point tonight. We read that scripture at the beginning where it brings things out of darkness and light shineth on the darkness. My point, my, my desire, my prayer through all this, Lord, help your people to see it's impossible without you. Because that's why we are where we are today. We thought we could handle it. We are to, there today because we thought, hey, you know what? All these people, they're just conspirators. It's just wild stuff, you know. People spitting off about dopamine or whatever. We can handle this. And that's why we are where we are today. The world can't handle it. So we're all speaking the same language again. Facebook, Meta, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Google, Snapchat, YouTube. It's all social media. Metaverse, that's the next one. You can virtually live next to Snoop Dogg. How cool is that? So, parents, before you put your halos on and Look at your kids and say, I told you about social media. The devil did something very sneaky because that's the business he is in. And he started this journey with Facebook. Pretty soon parents got on Facebook because it's a simple enough interface. No offense. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But today, Facebook is Boomerville. <laughs> your kids are probably not on Facebook. That's where mom and dad are on social media, is Facebook. But 
Check yourself, parents. How is your social media being handled? How are you? Are you doing your part? I'm still waiting. I'm not preaching against Facebook, but I'm still waiting for a really good reason to have it. I had it, just so you know. I had to permanently delete it. I mean, excuse me, I permanently deleted it, and I had to Google it to figure out how. It's a little bit easier now for different things, but uh, they don't make it easy. You don't just get a nice fat delete button at the bottom of your scroll to say, I'm done with this. You've got to jump through hoops, and you've got to go here. And they don't want you to delete it. You know, you delete Snapchat, they say, hey, anytime you want, the next because th- you have 30 days before your account expires. That's the same thing for Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok. You've got 30 days. I think TikTok. I know for sure the other ones. And they say, Snapchat says, hey, look, as soon as you're ready, we'll see you soon. Because the, the statistics of people who permanently delete their social media and never come back is very, very, very low. Because you're fighting against an addiction. How easy it is, how easy it is it for a drunk to stop drinking? It takes Holy Spirit intervention. Okay. So problems. What's the problem with social media? What's, what's, what's this preacher from Idaho? Not Iowa. <laughs> from Idaho, what's he talking about? What's the problems with social media? I get to connect with my friends, and I get to stay connected. And, and, and you know, you know I, I grew up in Alaska, right? I needed social media. Otherwise, how would I keep in contact with people in Arizona and Ohio and, and uh, everywhere else? How, how would I do that, keep that connection, you know, fellowship? Guess what? I didn't fellowship. I just scrolled my news feed. Ever heard of doom scrolling or zombie scrolling? <laughs> See what I'm saying? I'm I'm waiting for a good reason for it. But uh, anyways, let's start with Google. If you Google this, can a man have a baby? This is the first thing that comes up. Now, what you have to understand, when you Google something, Google doesn't give you the most relevant, the most accurate thing. As our brother so well put, based on the algorithms, because Google needed a better way to track you, so they came up with Gmail. And then they said, hey, look, you can have cross-browser syncing. So you can be logged into your Google Chrome browser on your, your, your PC at home, and you can log into your Google Chrome browser on your phone, and then you can sync that information, got all your bookmarks, everything, your, your history, all that stuff. So now you've given them all your information, and they build this algorithm based on your digital footprint. Are you with me? They build this. So now, so now they have this version of you, a virtual version of, of Sean, a virtual version of, well, I don't know, Brother Jewel. <laughs> a virtual version of you online, and they know what you like, what you prefer. So they take that into account. They also take into account what's trending. Many times you can type in can A, and it'll give you the top five examples of what people are Googling today. Can A, and it'll be something, you know, man, have a baby. So if you Google this, you're getting an an algorithm taking your information and saying this is the article you need to read. That's why it's at the top of the list. Okay, It's called SEO. 
If you want your website to show up, when a, you know, say you've got a, a hunting outdoor outfitter's website, you want it to show at the top of the list, you have to put keywords and all kinds of things and, and try to figure out the Google algorithm so that you show up when somebody says, hey, I want to hunt in Idaho. You want to show up at the top of the list. It has nothing to do with relevancy in that way. So, if you Google, can a man have a baby? Get that answer in 0.42 seconds. And there's a 5.7 billion opinions on can a man have a baby? So, this is what that article says. He says, yes, it's possible for men to become pregnant and give birth to children of their own. In fact, and this is Healthline, they know what they're talking about. In fact, it's probably a lot more common than you might think. Can you imagine if you're Titus, you're nine years old, right? If you're Titus and you Google can a man have a baby and you don't have good parents like Brother Chris or Acacia, this is what they're going to read. You hand your kid a phone and they Google because this is what they talk about at kindergarten and in grade school. So people are talking about and they Google it for an answer. This is what they're going to get. In fact, it's probably a lot more common than you might think. Some of the stuff that I read, I have to work very hard to keep a straight face. Break down some, in order to explain, we'll need to break down some common misconceptions about how we understand the term man. I don't think I need to go any further than that. Further down in the article, it says your reproductive organs and hormones may change what pregnancy looks like, but your gender isn't and shouldn't be considered a limiting factor. Google is social media. You search Google for, 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 for an explanation, and science gives you this answer. Hey, we don't understand it properly. So this is, what you're, this is what's being fed to the people. Another example. I'm just pulling examples here to, to, to lay this out. We have a big thing in our world today called hate speech. Me and Brother Aaron were discussing this morning over breakfast that... Uh, you know, we have to take inclusivity courses and these things at work and because of hate speech. The United Nations um, defines hate speech as that is, it, it is discriminatory, biased, bigoted, or intolerant of an, individ- of an individual or group. Um, as a white male preaching against sin, I am in- intolerant. As a person preaching against sin, I'm intolerant. If I don't ask you what your pronouns are before addressing you as sir or ma'am, I'm intolerant if you don't go by those terms. Okay, that's what intolerance means. USA Today, um, every year, USA Today does this Women of the Year, the top 12 Women of the Year. And last year, in 2022, they, they, uh, they crowned one of their Women of the Year, um, Admiral Rachel Levine. She was one of 12 Women of the Year. There's the, the link there. Okay, well, what's the big deal with this? Um... <sighs> I preached this at at the church last week, and one of the young guys said, so this means you've condoned the Babylon P. (laughs) Officially message condoned. No. (laughs) Um, The problem is, Rachel Levine uh, is a little bit different story. I found this online at the National Women's History Museum.com. I don't know what the website address was. But it's from the National Women's History Museum. They say, Rachel Levine was born on October 28, 1957, to parents Melvin and Lillian Levine. She was assigned male at birth. 
So, Rachel Levine is actually Richard Levine. But she was crowned Woman of the Year 2022 by USA Today. I'm not a woman, but I would be offended. (laughs) See, guys? We always knew we had the upper edge. They're saying a man does a woman better than a woman. Okay, not to get caught up in that. But the Babylon Bee, which is a satire site, yes, it's conservative on the, on the right side, but makes satire towards the left. They, hey, they said this, this is the prime opportunity for some fresh content. So they released this tweet. Babylon Bee's man of the year is Rachel Levine. Same time that you would say, go ahead, you can laugh, it's okay. So Twitter, Twitter caught wind of this. Now, now, this is just real life. This just happened, okay? Um, the algorithms picked this up. And, oh, can you take me back? <laughs> Everybody close your eyes, no peeking. Uh, see, they caught wind of us. That's, that'll, that'll do, yeah. Okay, so Twitter. Twitter got a hold of, of what the Babylon Bee posted, and they, they come back. Now, this is the algorithms at work. This is, this is all the point I'm making. And Seth Dillon, who's a CEO, he tweets, he said, I just received this notice that we've been locked out of our account for hateful conduct. Um, and this is the email. They said, hey, you violated our hateful conduct rules uh, by posting that uh, Rachel Levine is man of the year. And he comes back and he says, we're told our account will be restored in 12 hours, but the countdown won't begin until we delete the tweet that violates the Twitter rules. There's the email as well. Say, so, hey, you, you can have your account back as soon as you delete this tweet. Now, I, I have nothing to say about, about all of that stuff, but um, this is to show you Twitter has control of what you of what you post and they're watching all this stuff this algorithms are there so it, we we came up with a checkmate now I'm laying a foundation so stay with me so checkmate Babylon B versus Twitter Seth Dillon stood by his convictions I have to honor him for that and and he said we're not going to take it down cuz this is a free country this is free speech and so forth and and then uh, something happened recently in the New York Times we see this article Elon Musk completes his 44 billion dollar deal to own Twitter now I I so, the article here says, oops, wrong way, says researchers have said Twitter's rules have been essential to countering online hate speech and disinformation. So, they're worried, right? Because Elon Musk has Twitter, now it's just going to be a conservative heyday on there. And, and so, but in, in, their, in, their, in their desire to try to expose and, and get back at Elon Musk, they expose themselves. And that's what we're looking at. Another article from the Washington Post says Twitter hate speech up in large foreign markets after Musk takeover. This is hot off the press. January 14. Well, I don't know. Today's world probably not very hot off the press. Um, and so, so in the article, they said, hey, you know what? Musk has welcomed back thousands of banned accounts and including many suspended for promoting hate or violence. Even as he has personally, he has personally, mis- uh, excuse me has tweeted misinformation and interacted with far-right accounts. So 
It is reasonable to argue that Elon Musk's disintegration of the Twitter safety team and major cuts to moderation is influencing these trends. So this is two parts of the article. I'm sorry, I kind of pushed them together. But this Graham fellow is saying that, hey, there's this conflict going on, this political conflict. I can't remember the country. And they're saying because, because Elon Musk removed the Twitter safety teams, now he's causing these political problems. So in other words... Twitter has safety teams all over the world immersed in the culture of those worlds to monitor what's being posted, what's being talked about, to make sure it aligns with Twitter's rules. <clears throat> some of this might be news, some of this might not be news. Okay, now YouTube. YouTube, uh, fr- from their uh, blog, our ongoing work to tackle hate. They say, one of the most complex and constantly evolving areas we deal with is hate speech. When somebody comes into church and you preach the gospel or or you talk to somebody and you say, hey, you know, God wants to change you. You're being intolerant of their position. It's, it's, It's hate speech. Now, this is the viewpoint social media developers, social media owners, whatever you want to call them, these companies, this is the viewpoint they have on the world. And they want to make sure that what you're getting doesn't have hate speech in it, that what you're getting is a certain, is a, is a you know, friendly and, and inclusive. And they said, in January, we piloted an update of our systems in the U.S. to limit recommendations of borderline content. So, are you all with me? Yeah. Okay, good. All of this is just, just, to, just to, to show you, parents, if you don't know, they're not just getting the next, the next video in the line or the next tweet in line. It's being formulated. It's being given to you in such a way based on who you are and based on your desires. It's, it's tapping into your, the neuroscience of your brain. It's tapping into how things work and and the, there's that, and then the devil's anointing them. The devil's anointing them to feed, to, to uh, filter your content. So now, they can only go so far, but then the Spirit anoints them. And the devil knows your weaknesses. And you get on YouTube, and the next video that shows has absolutely nothing to do with this guy shooting the big buck. And it has everything to do with something horrible. Now, uh, YouTube is, is stepping into, this is, we'll just kind of skim through this here. But basically, they're saying, hey, we're going to start limiting borderline content. So we're not just going to go after the ones that hate speech and things. We're going to get to the borderline content. In other words, stuff that's right on the edge. Like claiming the earth is flat. That's borderline content. They're going to remove that. What you believe to them is the same thing as the earth is flat. So the devil now, he's, he's anointing this. And, and, and then they say right here, hey, you know what? We are filtering what you see in your recommendations. Thanks to this change, watch time of the, this type of content gets from recommendations has dropped by over 50% in the U.S. So algorithms are filtering what you're seeing on YouTube. But there's a spirit anointing that. So now we have, we have the, the social media feed, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, whatever it might be. 
These all have feet. What time did we did I start? Five o'clock. Okay, close to five. Okay. <clears throat> Scientists all over the world are getting have have been getting concerned or interested, intrigued at the effects that online is having on, on us as, as human beings. The effects our phones are having on us. People are developing neck problems because they're bent like this looking at their phone. So they've come up with a, a way to, to counter that, you know, turn off your phone. No, hold your phone up. So everyone walk around looking at their phones like this. So, and the effect it's having on your brain. Now, let's just take a pause here. At the MIT, neuroscientists did this study. And they found that the brain can identify images seen for as little as 13 milliseconds. It's like the blink of an eye. It's really, really fast. Your brain can identify those images. So Simon Thorpe from that place, he says this new paper shows that the meaning of an image can be extracted even when an image is mixed up in a sequence of 6 or even 12 images presented at 13 milliseconds per image about 75 frames a second. Another striking finding was that the effect is also seen when the question concerning the target is only presented after the sequence has been run, meaning that the brain can extract meaning even when there is no way to predict what will be shown. In other words, your brain picks up things at a very rapid pace. So now you say, well, I'm just scrolling the feed and when it, I'm just scrolling through it. I don't stop on the bad stuff. I don't, or, or I just, I don't pay attention to those posts about how to raise kids or, or, or how women should be this or women should, men should be that or men can have babies. I don't pay attention, but your brain picks it up at a rapid pace. And as you scroll through the news feed over and over again, this stuff is pummeled. You might notice, not notice it with your eyes and your, and your physical being, but your brain is just getting this rapid fire of all this information. And then your brain doesn't just dump it. It analyzes it. So you're, you're feeding, not on what you eat, what you see. You're playing video games, you're seeing these images. It might be for just a split second, but you're seeing that image because you're where you shouldn't be. You know, you, you walk down, you see something, you turn away, then you've got to fight the man mind battles of what you saw, right, on the street or whatever. Your brain, and then, you, and then people have ideas about how things should be done. Even, even message believers have ideas about you know, positive uh, um, reinforcement and, and nothing wrong with that kind of stuff to a, con- a reason, but you've got parents who won't even discipline their kids. And where did that come from? Scrolling the feed. Scrolling the feed, right? <laughs> Ironically named the feed. It's feeding the wrong side of you. Brother Rapp mentioned the thinking man's filter this morning, and, and, one, and that's the thing, saints. You have two, two filters, the filter of the flesh and the filter of the Holy Spirit. Whichever one you're leaning towards is filtering the data you're consuming. And today, we consume a lot of information especially when you scroll through your news feed. So if you're scrolling through your news feed, and it's, and it's you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, you know, recently or 
some time back, there was, you know, everyone had black screens in, in honor of different things. And, and, and now, now you, you go away and you have this, this political war in your head. Or, or you're just scrolling through and all you see is Big Macs. What are you going to go for? What are you going to crave? Young man, you're scrolling through Instagram and, and, and it, now you're not, you're not on your friends and who you follow. You're exploring because they have that option to explore new people to follow. Instagram knows you're a 16-year-old male who likes to work out. They're going to give you women in tight pants, doing squats. And you're going to see that as you're scrolling through your feed. You might not follow that kind of stuff, but Instagram knows what you like. The devil knows what you like. This same problem was happening years ago when David was walking around in Bethlehem. It's just in a different form today. And we're identifying that form. We're like the spies that went into Jericho. We said, hey, how's the battle going to be set in array? And then God gave instruction. The spies went and checked it out. They came back. They said, hey, Joshua, this is how Jericho is built. You can run six chariots across or whatever it was around the walls. It's huge. It's a big city. What do you want to do? And Joshua says, hang on a moment. And he goes and he prays. And God begins to set the battle in array. We spied out the land. We're coming to you with this information, you've been exposed to it. With this information of the world of darkness, of the city of Jericho in your life. Or you might be coming up to a place to face it. Or maybe it's in your family. Now go to the Holy Spirit. Now go in prayer and say, Lord, I have the, the, the wiles of the devil have been identified to me. And there's no way I can handle it. Now God, you come. Now, he takes what you know, because we do our 110% best and leave the rest up to God. That is not saying that we excuse God, but we do our part, and then we say, God, we're nothing. Was it? We're nothing without you. Now, there's this thing called unit bias. And uh, University of Pennsylvania Psychologist 2005, they studied unit bias, and they came up with this conclusion that says uh, unit bias can be seen in all types of consumption, whether it is how much food you take or how many times you ride the roller coaster. According to Gear, people see food in natural consumption units, whether that is in a single wrapped candy, candy or a plate full of food. So your brain has this function called unit bias, and it's not just for food, it's for other things. They did a study with a bowl of M&M's. Do I have your attention now? <laughs> They set this bowl of M&M's on the counter of, a, of the entrance to an office, and they, gave, they put a small spoon in the bowl and they, to serve, so that people could serve themselves with it. And they set a, had a sign that says, eat as much as you want, but please use the spoon. Everyone just took one small spoonful. So they swapped the small spoon out for a large spoon, right? So double the amount. And they said the same thing, take as much as you want, but please use the spoon. Everybody took one spoonful. And by doing this, they prove that, that we, have this, we have this syndrome called clean the plate. So if I give this, this brother here, if I give him a plate this big, full of food, his brain says, I must eat that. And I'm done when the plate is empty. And you're satisfied at some point, because you've finished the plate. If I give him a plate that's this big, it'll have the same effect on him. Now this effect... This unit bias has been transferred because it's a function of our brain. And there's a problem now with infinite scrolling. It's, 
Infinite Scrolling was a JavaScript plugin, JavaScript, I mentioned it before, just a software language. It's a plugin developed in 2006 by Azar Raskin. I don't think he knew about unit bias then. He just developed a really awesome plugin. Infinite Scrolling is, is cool in a programming thing, right? But the problem with infinite scrolling is that your brain functions on a unit bias. So you must scroll to the bottom. That is why they had the phenomena called doom scrolling or zombie scrolling. I've, it's happened to me. I will, I will admit, back when I had Facebook as a young man, I would be sitting in bed, all right, 9 o'clock. Man, I got to work at 4 in the morning. Perfect. I got to bed early, sit down in bed, kick back. I just need to let off a little pressure. At 12 a.m., when my eyes are the size of saucers and I'm trying to put the phone down, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I stop? Because your brain's not done. You see, you see this? This is not just, oh, some little thing. This is now tapping into your neurological development. This is tapping into your brain. The devil has cracked the door on God's great laboratory. And he's using what God created in you. Because God makes no mistakes. He's using what God created in you to be against you. Brother Burley Williams, I was listening to a sermon he gave a while back in BCF. And, and uh, he was giving his testimony about his eye and different things. And he made a comment that's just stuck with me and become my model. He says... Moses grew up in the house of the devil. God bought him out and then turned him around to tear the devil's house down. Because he says, he says I believe God does that because God, uh, Adam raised Cain. And I thought, Lord, you raised me up. Because I walked the halls of darkness as a young man. And I went through things that I regret to this day. But God, you are going to use what I was exposed to to turn around to tear down the devil's kingdom. Saints of God, we're not fighting a physical battle. We're fighting against demon spirits that have tapped into what God has made you to be. And that's a beautiful thing. And God wants to take that and use that for His glory. And if you're in that position, God can take you from that and turn it around and learn what you've learned to tear down the devil's house. That's a quote. But around says, watch that thing you're struggling with, God deliver it from you and turn it into a testimony. Anytime you testify of the power of God, or you testify of God's word, you tear down the devil. So you're scrolling through it. You've got to scroll to the bottom. Now, <laughs> to prove my point, when you Google something, how many of you, when you scroll to the bottom, click on number two? Or do you just re-Google it because you didn't get your answer in the first page? Some of you, maybe, a couple of pages. But your brain says, hey, I'm at the bottom. That's all the information Google has for me, even though it says 5.7 billion options. You scroll to the bottom of the page, and you move on. Maybe not all of you do that. I do that. I go, well, maybe I didn't put it in right. In uh, Computers and Human Behavior, this is another, another volume release. Now, this is going to be released April 2023, and this paper is going to be in that volume. So... I'm not crazy, because it says April 2023. But they say, we're, they're looking into, into the effects that social media and the internet is having on us. And, and, and science has actually coined terms 
They have IAD, which is Internet Addiction Disorder. They have IGA, Internet Gaming Addiction. And SMA, Social Media Addiction. These are phrases that they use in their studies, because they're studying this all around the world. Scientists are studying this, neuroscience are studying this stuff, biologists. He says, in, in summary, there does appear to be strong reason to suggest a link between SMA, or social media addiction, and impaired cognitive function. This corroborates the results of several previous studies and suggests that impact of SMA is not limited to emotional and social functioning. Social media impairs cognitive function. Scientists are discovering this. That it actually affects your brain. There's even there's th- things around the cortical, which is part of your brain, and the thinning of it. Cortical thinning comes from dementia and strokes and things like that. And they're researching. I didn't put it in here because it's not, it's, it hasn't happened yet. But they're researching in that they think this stuff actually causes that to thin, these kind of interactions. But... That's for another day if they unearth that. But what they've come to realize is that it actually affects your brain. Physically affects your brain. Now, the New York Times interviewed some people over at Common Sense. Now, Common Sense is a, is a leftist activist group for children and, 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 and young adults or teenagers or adolescents. And um, this is the article. Common Sense came up with these numbers based on a study of 1,400 uh, adolescents. It said that three-quarters of teenagers have seen online pornography by age 17. In the article, they say three-quarters of teenagers have, okay, with the average age of first exposure at age 12, according to the report by Common Sense Media, a nonprofit child advocacy group. Much of the exposure was by accident, with 58% saying they did not seek out the sexually explicit videos and photos, but had come across them while surfing the web, on social media or through search engines or clicking ads. 58% by accident. Let me ask you a question. How many times does it take to be addicted? How life-changing is that? Can I get real for a second? You meet your wife. You get married. You want her to be the first one. When, girls, you meet your husband. You want him to be the first one. Because this is a problem in not just men. This is women. Girls. They have Playgirl now. Just like they have Playboy. Playgirls for the girls. 58% by accident. When you hand your kid a phone, this is what they're exposed to. When you allow them to get a social media account, this is what they're exposed to. When you, on your own, get a social media account, this is what you're exposed to. How many of us go to the video triple X store on the corner? No hands raised. When you pick up your phone and you open Google, you might as well be in an adult video store or adult paper store. So you have to be aware of what's going on. That's the one word I pulled from the last two services and even from my own. The theme is awareness, to be aware. But now this is the people behind all of this stuff. This is a community health sciences professor at the Boston University. She says, we have to be careful about saying all porn is good or bad. There is nuance here. 
Now, teenagers said, hey, those that intentionally saw it, they went to obvious sites like Pornhub and YouPorn. But the big ones, that they, the second top source was Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Reddit. And other social media sites ranked second as a source. But YouTube and them, TikTok, and it says Snap, but it's Snapchat. They come back with, hey, hey, we have policies that strictly prohibit the posting of explicit content. TikTok says, hey, we don't keep, we keep that stuff off our sites. Snap says, hey, we've banned accounts for this. So we're good, right? They're taking care of our, our child's well-being. An article from the New York Times talking about Meta. This was in January, or January 20th. Instagram and Facebook should update nude photo rules, MetaBoard says. MetaBoard is the board of people over Meta. Meta owns Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Metaverse. So there's a spute over the covering of the nipples and bare chests of women on social media. So it's already there. But they're saying, we need to, we need to redefine this. They're arguing that their practices are inconsistent and often biased against women and LGBTQ people. So TikTok and YouTube and Snapchat, they say, hey, don't worry about it. We don't let that content on there. But on the same time, they're saying, hey, we need to redefine this because we're not being inclusive of women because we're not letting them post photos completely naked. This is social media. I know that's shocking. That's a big thing to swallow, parents. You might have to have some conversation with your kids later, with your pastor later. This is the world. This is real stuff. This, when you get on social media and you go to the, you're going to go to open up, because you can open your news feed or you can open your Instagram to, to just explore what's out there. This is the content that is available without restrictions. And this is where it's going. Say, so, hey, it doesn't matter. And they don't classify it as pornography. It's an expression. It says, Meta's oversight board has come to the conclusion they need to further clarify the adult nudity and sexual activity community standard. You see what happened years ago? Men started taking their shirts off in public. Now women are saying, if men can do it, why can't I? Then they have LGBTQ. Now if you're a woman but you identify as a man, they define you as a man. And you can get pregnant as a man. So where do you draw the line? You can't. So you've got to let it all go. Brother mentioned pedophiles. That's probably next. You have, there's no line you can draw. And when you give this, when you, you say, well, my kid wouldn't. Maybe not. But it's right there. And you feed on that stuff, and you hear this stuff, and you, and, and you witness it online, and you see people's opinion. It's feeding their soul an ideology that is slowly boiling them to death. We are living in the shadow of Babel. This is Satan's Eden. We want that light to grow within us, to push back the darkness, not the other way around. Say, hey, we need to redefine it so that all people are treated in a manner consistent with international human rights and standards without discrimination on the basis of sex or gender. I did good. I'm only at an hour. Nimrod's desire 
was to unite the whole nation together under one dominion that was under his. If Satan can use these tools in your life, in the lives of people across the, world, the globe, to, to funnel them to one destination, to funnel them to one mind. How is it that you can go anywhere in the world and people have the same ideas about gender and all these different things? They're all feeding from the same source. Now that source comes from the devil, spirit of the age. But that source, how is he channeling that source? God uses channels to get to you and I through the preaching of the word. The devil has his own preachers. And they're speaking confusion. Some of the stuff we read tonight, man can get pregnant. Is that not confusion? And for us, we say, well, everyone's going to think that's insanity. My kids are going to think that's insanity. You don't know that. You don't know when your kid reads that, that he's going to say, that's ridiculous. Or she's going to say, unless you are monitoring your family. You are saying, are my walls as strong as they possibly can be? What are we letting into our home? What are you? you should be able to walk up and say, hey, can I see your phone for a second? With openness. Have these discussions with your kids. It might be awkward, but I would rather one awkward moment with my teenager than have her come and say, Dad, I'm pregnant. I'd rather my son to turn red from head to toe than have him come home and say, Dad, I'm gay. Not one is worse than the other. It's all sin. And we have to be careful. I have young kids, and I'm no expert. We have to be careful that this doesn't become some great thing to where our kids are afraid. No, this is your biological makeup. You're designed by God. But that desire you have, men, should be for your wife. Girls, that desire you have should be for your husband. That's the way God made it, but the devil wants to pervert it. And he wants to slip in. He wants to feed you this stuff. Lord, help us tonight. I apologize, I just got a little bit messed up with the transition, but this is the world that we live in, a world of darkness. Sometimes it can feel very hopeless. I said some very heavy things tonight. And this is how we can feel sometimes. But Isaiah 9, 2 says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. We live in a world of darkness. Sometimes the shadow of that world. But we are not of this world. A light has shined in our age. A light has shined in our day. A light has shined in our life to push back the darkness. You want a seed to grow, you put it in the sunshine. Your phone might have darkness, needs to be cleaned up, whatever. But we live in a world of light. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust, letting me never be put to confusion. This is King James. The scripture from earlier. He discovereth deep things out of darkness and bringeth out to light the shadow of death. In one aspect you can say, hey, tonight we talked about that. We, we brought these deep things and this darkness out of. But at the same time, tonight he has identified the deep, dark things within us and brought them to the light. 
And when we have the desire in our heart to let them come out to the light, guess what? What does darkness do when light shines upon it? It disappears. Darkness is nothing. Darkness is an absence of light. But light is a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Do not feel hopeless and do not fight this battle alone. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We're walking in the shadow of death. But we don't have to fear that shadow because God is with us. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Lord, we are baffled sometimes, most of the time, when we see this kind of stuff around us. But God, you have called us, Lord, to to put aside our abilities and lean into your presence. Lord Jesus, just pray that you would help us, Lord. Help us, Father, to put our energy and our focus into the light. Help us as parents, Lord, to to be aware of the world that's around us and to, to be there as a help for our children, Lord. The devil wouldn't just come along and pick them off because we were ignorant of his ways. Lord, build us up to be warriors of the faith, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those tonight who are struggling in this area, Lord, that you would have equipped them with the power, with the, with the strength, with the courage to push back against the darkness, not of their own ability, but because you, Lord, have given the power, because nothing is impossible with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the light in our life that we can see. When the devil tries to sneak around, we see him for what it is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Much was said tonight, Lord. I pray you just take it all, filter it through your word into the hearts of your people, Lord, that they could find action based on that word, Lord. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The song is perfect. Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, wretched and poor, lost and lonely within, but with wondrous compassion. Oh, the
I'm a child of the King. I got a remedy for you. Falling in love. <clears throat> F. Put it in there. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Best thing I've ever, ever done. It is I feel protected in his arms, never disconnected in his arms. I feel protected, and there's no place I'd ever rather be. Sing it again now. So falling in arms, in his arms, I feel protected, in his arms, never again in his arms so in his arms Lord I feel protected and in his arms never disconnected in his arms I feel protected and there's no place I'd ever back to the heart of worship. Help me out here, John. Let's sing this theory to sing. It's all about you. It's all about him. You know what? I, I, I just had to say this. That, uh, I don't know where Boerville is. Uh, there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot of terminology that I'm not familiar with. And I... Uh, I get the sense there's a whole lot of things about this wor- this world and this world that they've talked about this weekend that I don't want to know about. I-, I just got I feel like I got better things to study. I got better things to uh, to learn. That's, I'm not discrediting what was said. I'm just saying that it tells me very clearly there are two worlds, and you're either in one or the other. And you're going to get in trouble if you try to straddle both of them. And you got to make a choice. And I'll tell you what, the more I hear about that world, and the more I see about that world, and the more I think about how the devil has kind of laid a foundation and built and built, I don't want to be a part of that world. 
I really don't. It scares me. I mean, the, the, the terminologies and the language of all of it. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be a part of that world. I'm very comfortable in this other, in this other dimension, in this other world. People may think we're odd. They may think we're foolish or whatever else. Hey, I'm very comfortable here. Leave me alone until it ends. I'll take this any day over that. And I'm so glad God gave us an absolute so that we could know, thus saith the Lord. This is not false news. This is not fake news. This is not all this other garbage that's out there. This is the absolute truth. And God made it very clear to us and vindicated and removed any doubt whether it was true or not and said this is what you need to know here's where you need to hook your anchor and it's going to get rough between here and the end and you better be hooked to something pretty solid because it's going to be pretty confusing it's going to be pretty dark you're not going to know what's true you're not going to know what's right you're not going to go know what's upside uh, or downside you're not going to know a lot of things by the time this is over about this world here and the devil has made it confusing and thrown all kinds of smoke screens out there so that you're, you're afraid to make a step. You're afraid to say something. And you're afraid to witness. And you're afraid to believe. And you're afraid to carry on in the faith here. I say this. God has raised up an army. God has raised up people that have a revelation. And that revelation is greater than social media. That revelation is greater than Facebook. That revelation is greater and stronger. And it ought to be burning greater in us than everything that's out there in the world. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We should not fear to go forward. We should not fear to be identified as people of the kingdom. I'd like, I, you know, I'd like to say, like rap started out with King Cyrus, who among you are the Jews? Who wants to go back? I, I'd say more than ever before, I'd say tonight, I'll go back. I'm one of them. I'll go back. And if God gives me an opportunity to leave this world for that world, I'll go. I'll go. And you better be determined to be uh, willing to go at a moment's notice when God says, all right, who's going? Who's out of here? better be ready to be going when that happens because i think god must be pretty fed up with this world pretty fed up with all the intellectual confusion that's out there and the music and the uh, social media and all the rest of it there i'll tell you what uh you know it, it's it's amazing these brothers have insight and have knowledge and things like that and and to, and to lay it out here if i was a parent I, and, and i prayed i prayed five hours a day for my children i'd double that I don't know how I'd get a double, but I'd be doubling that. If I was raising little kids in this world to come up, see these young kids who are here on the front here, I'd be praying a lot for them. I'd be, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'd be concerned because we live in a pretty dark world. And it's, it, it's, it's not just uh, filler. Hey, this is real stuff that young folks fake, face. And I, 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 as a church, we ought to be praying. As a church, we ought to be doing everything we can for Sunday school. As a church, we ought to be doing everything we can to instruct those that are coming up. As ministers and pastors, we ought to be doing that. And we should be doing everything we can to help parents, to help their kids. Because it isn't easy. And I better quit. So I'll tell you what, I get, you get stirred up when you see how the enemy has, has made such a foothold in everyone's life. And you're carrying around a bit of his kingdom in your pocket. Never as far from us. You always know where your phone is. Brother Bam said, you know, they had it in the theaters. And he said, Satan pulled one over. Took it out of the theaters and put it in your home in a television set. Satan's always in the game of trying to do a, an end run around the latest standard, the latest thing. And he just does an end run around it, an end run around it, an end run around it. 
Let me tell you, he doesn't just roll over because uh, we got a quote or you got a scripture. Let me tell you, you need nothing short of a new birth. You need a vessel filled with the Holy Spirit, trusting God every day of your life. When you walk out through the front door, you're in Sodom. You better be ready to face it. Yes, sir. Tell you that. Tell you that. Let's sing it this evening. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. fades and all is stripped away. Let's sing it. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's over that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart. You're coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've Stop for a moment. I'd just like to invite you tonight. Maybe God's dealing with your heart, and I don't know. If anybody here tonight would like to have prayer, and maybe you've slipped a little bit too far down a road you didn't think that you would ever go, and you're in a dark place. And maybe you'd just like to join with Brother Chris in prayer and just say, Lord, I, that's it. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to let that influence take me any any further down this road. And maybe you're there tonight. I don't know. Maybe you have a need in your life in some other way that these brothers have touched this weekend. If you'd like to have prayer, I'd like to invite you to come on and uh, be glad to pray with you tonight. Let's sing a little bit more. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. All about you. Yes, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord.
say this sometimes you have a you know a different um, different focus and ministry on a weekend like this uh, just a little bit and you know what it does it gives you the opportunity as a parent or a family um, to kind of sit down with your young people and say what do you think about what he said here what what do you think about that is that true or is that something you struggle with or is that something you've seen or is that really true 
I mean, there are people way far away somewhere making decisions about what you're actually seeing. That's a little bit scary, really. Uh, there's a system out there that's kind of controlling what you're actually looking at and what you're seeing. And you know, it's good for, your, for, for young people and parents to have an open communication link and a dialogue that says, hey, you know what, if, if ever something comes up or ever something bothers you, tempts you, you know, you can always come. We can sit together and talk about it. We can pray about it. And, and that should be going on. That, that's a good thing. That's not old-fashioned. That's a good thing. And there are times like when uh, Brother Rapp said that Brother Random came to the place where this, this crazy thing is on the radio. Just turn it off. There are some things you just need to kind of put away. And don't feel like... You, you, we always have to have everything that Satan tells us we always have to have. We don't always have to have what Satan tells us we have to have. Or let me say it this way. You've got to make sure that you keep the main thing the main thing. And that's the main thing. Because if you don't keep the main thing the main thing, you're going to get messed up. The main thing that we're here, still here for is to serve God. The main thing that we're still here for is to serve Him with all of our hearts and be representatives of that kingdom. Share the light. Testify. Live for God. You know what? One day God will shut it down and take us all home. But until then, I want to let everybody know what side I'm on. I'm on the king's side. Let's sing it one more time tonight. He is our who has broken down Lord, that this is truly a real battle that we face every day of our lives, Lord. And 
Lord, there are forces of darkness. There are principalities, Lord. There are all kinds of weapons that the enemy would use against us in subtle ways, Lord. And, Father, just that awareness, just that coming to the realization that we're, we're in the middle of that battle and how your prophet even said that the whole world would be united, Lord. We never knew it would be this way. And here we are, Lord, living in the very last days when you want us to stand tall, to stand strong, and to hold our sword in our hand, Lord, the shield of faith, and marching towards that finish line together, Lord. I, I pray you'd help us to resist the wiles of the enemy, Lord. I, I pray that you would strengthen each family here tonight, Lord. And may parents become not passive about this, Lord, but may they truly, Lord, seek you for their families and the direction of your families. And Lord, may you just help them, I pray. Give them wisdom, Lord, to know exactly how they should deal with their uh, children, Lord, and grandchildren and, and helping them be a, a, a support and a resource to them, Lord. Father, there's many, many burdens, many families, Lord, that are just leaning upon you and depending upon you for that direction. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the word that's gone this weekend, Lord, and many things we heard probably never heard before. But, oh, God, I, I just pray that you would stir in our hearts. And, Lord, just help us to have our eyes open as we go into these last days of our time on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for all these that have come. And, Father, may you just speak to each heart now. Lord, may we be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, Lord, as one of the brothers said, Lord, just to stay sensitive to you. May, Lord, we never become dull to the voice of the Holy Spirit. May our hearts never become callous because we feel like that we are predestinated or we have an assured place in the kingdom. Lord, may we seek first the kingdom and hear our righteousness with all that is within us. Minister to those who are sick, and Father, bring healing to their bodies, we pray, and Lord, be the great counselor, Lord, to those who need it tonight. Bless these brother and Lord, brother Rap, brother Chris, and Father, may you just bless them, their families, their work for you, and Lord, carry them, I pray, further in their ministries, and Lord, may you just use them mightily, we pray. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you want to stay and sit just for a little bit, you certainly can. We have stuff prepared over in the fellowship hall, so everybody's certainly welcome to come. Sing this as you go tonight. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Let's sing it tonight as we go. God bless you. I love you, Lord. And I
I love. 